So welcome back to the Communication Mastery Podcast. And can you believe it? We've got to the end of season one. It's been a great journey with you all, and uh, I've enjoyed it. I trust you have too. We're going to take a few weeks break after this and be back in the new year. So uh, watch your uh, watch your podcast feed for the beginning of season two. Got some new plans in store for season two as well. So fresh material, fresh ways of approaching communication, all of them designed to increase our communication mastery. I thought the best way to wrap out this season would be to just simply summarize some of the stuff that we've looked at and to look back over these, uh, what, 13 weeks uh, or 13 episodes that we've uh, enjoyed together. Remember, we, we started out in, in season one at the beginning, episode one, we talked about how you can't gain communication mastery alone. None of us can see everything about ourselves. We need help from others. We need a, a trusted friend who will let us practice different ways of communicating, different forms of communication, different understandings. We need a coach who can help us to grow our understanding of ourselves and of those seven life languages that will help us to communicate more clearly. Then after that, uh, we talked about the process of communication mastery. This came out of my own story of how I got into communication coaching and why I'm so passionate about it. But we said that the process is to discover and then to understand and then to adapt and then to repeat. So I discover truths about myself or I discover facts about the seven languages that I can apply to my own understanding, increasing self-awareness, if you like. And then through the understanding of figuring out how do I live this out, which parts of this apply to me most fully, most strongly, which parts of this are weaker in my experience, which parts of this do I need to uh, grow and develop, growing that understanding, chewing on the, the, the insights that I've gained. Uh, talking with my trusted friend, being coached by somebody. Remember my friend who had a very different profile the second time uh, from his first attempt. And when, when I asked him about it, he said, well, coaching with you has given me permission to be myself. I answered the way I thought I should answer the first time, but the second time I answered honestly for how I really do see myself. Those are great breakthroughs for any of us to have. And understanding increases our ability uh, to be honest and real with ourselves. And then the third step is to adapt. In other words, what do I need to grow in terms of connecting with you or helping you to connect with me? How can I help those around me? How can I help my family or my boss uh, or the, the, the folks in my street uh, or the people I go to church with or whoever it may be? How do I adapt? How do I not just speak one language all the time and wonder why I'm not making connections with other people? It's because we all speak all seven languages at some point. And learning to adapt is a huge, huge skill in communication mastery. So I come across differently with different people in different settings for different purposes at different times. And then the final step of communication mastery is to repeat, to go back to the beginning and discover some more, to spend some time understanding more deeply, uh, and then to keep practicing and adapting to others. We keep repeating that process. That's how our communication mastery grows. Then in episode three, we started to look more specifically at the life languages, the, the tool that I use to help people to understand and to grow their communication mastery. And remember the takeaway from episode three, you don't know what you don't know. And uh, I have to keep reminding myself this all the time. Just this past couple of weekends, I've been training life language coaches before I recorded this podcast 
and even in training others to coach people in the life languages, I kept discovering, hey, there's something I didn't know. There's something I hadn't seen. This is a constant learning journey. You're going to spend the rest of your life growing your communication mastery. Now, I hope that listening to this podcast and taking some of these steps in coaching is going to help you make a big step forward. But even then, we never have fully arrived. There's always more to learn. That's what I love about this tool. It's so simple that a 10-year-old can grasp it, but it's so deep that you can still spend the rest of your life discovering more about how to communicate better, how to communicate more effectively. Uh, In episode four, we looked at how life languages help us to understand other people. This is the ADAPT part of uh, of the process that we talked about in episode two. And remember what we said in episode four as our takeaway, you're a person and not a profile. So many of the profiles, and uh, I was talking to somebody just a, a, a few days ago about their preferred uh, profiling tool. I said, oh, well, I love this. And I said, well, does it help you to adapt to other people? And, and she said, well, some, but no, not really. And I said, well, would you like to discover a, a, a profiling tool, a communication profile that helps you to adapt to other people? Uh, and so we're going to have another conversation about that in a week or two. But you're a person, not a profile. So what you have in your profile report, for those of you who've done your life language report, is a snapshot that captures uh, an image of you according to how you answered the questions. I've had experiences, like I referred to with my friend with his two profiles, I've had experiences where a particular life circumstance or a particular event has caused the profile to be different from one time to the next. Um, but for all of us, it's more like your, your high school yearbook photo. Uh, it captures you as you are at that moment, but very much so it would be true that you'd be different if we took another ca- uh, profile uh, maybe in a year or maybe two. And so uh, you're a person, uh, not a profile, and it's that full expression of all seven languages that you will experience every week at least, if not every day, that is the key to you having communication mastery. Keep growing your understanding and your knowledge of all seven languages. That can be a challenge, and that was episode five, wasn't it? We looked at ten common communication challenges. And uh, I loved that episode because of the way we were able to look at uh, the ways to overcome some of those challenges. Uh, They may not all apply to you. Uh, You may not run into them all the time. Maybe some of them you do. But each one of those will give you a clue. So maybe go back and have another listen to episode five uh, and see which of those challenges you identify with and what some of the solutions would be when you see them. And remember our takeaway from that one, if there's, uh, if there's more than two or three of those challenges that, that are recognizable in your world, then you need help. And here I am. I'd be glad to help you with that. Episode six took us a step further from challenges and we looked at distress in communication. This, unfortunately, is all too common. This is why I find it so rewarding to be able to coach people because I can often uh, take steps with them to reduce their distress by understanding the languages, by understanding the relationships and the networks that they're connected into, uh, the ways that their communication needs to be different in different settings. That can reduce their distress quite dramatically and they find they're able to express themselves more fruitfully, more effectively as well as remove some of the the conflict points or the misunderstanding points, those relational disconnects that can be so painful. And uh, 
uh, our takeaway from that episode was that distress is not an excuse to reject someone, but a dis- distress when we identify it in ourselves or in other people is an invitation to make a difference. So I love the, the insight that we can gain from distress. I don't love that people experience distress, but I love the insight we can gain because then I can quickly identify positive steps that we can take that will make a difference. It's a little bit like being prescribed antibiotics when you've got an infection. Once the doctor can figure out what the infection is, then we can prescribe the right antibiotic and pretty soon you're going to be feeling better. Same thing with the languages. Once we can figure out what the distress is, where it's coming from, then we can figure out what to do about it and make a difference. Episode 7, we looked at how can couples communicate better. We kind of zeroed in on, on, on couples, and not just romantic couples, uh, although that's a very important area, and I love to work in those areas with folks. Every couple is different. Sometimes opposites attract. Sometimes people have very similar profiles, but that can sometimes lead to conflict because none of us has 100% of any language. And so if my expression of our shared primary language is different from your expression of it, then we can find that we're not as, uh, not as uh, compatible, if you like, as we thought we would be. Uh, we have to figure out how to work through some of those differences. But we, rem- we said in episode seven, our takeaway was that connection is key. We need to feel connected to one another. No matter what your language profile is, we need to have that sense of connection if we're a couple. And this doesn't just apply to romantic couples. It can apply to uh, two people in a business who need to work together. Or it can apply to uh, two people on a team uh, in a non-profit or in a, a civic organization. Two people who need to work together. And until we figure out how to establish that connection and how to recognize each other's uniqueness, we're not going to be able to navigate some of the challenges that come from working with another person or living with another person or spending a lot of time with another person. And so how can couples communicate better? That episode is a really valuable one for your interpersonal relationships. Then we broadened the, the, uh, the, the, the focus for episode eight and we looked at unleashing your team's potential. So if you've got a bigger group of people, how do I work with a, with a bigger group of people? And we said that the takeaway for that was to grow your skill at adapting to different communication styles because a healthy team is always going to have different communication styles. If you don't have lots of different styles expressed on your team, then your team's unhealthy and you're going to need help to bring health to that team. Uh, but if you can, as the team leader, assuming you're the team leader for a second, if you can grow your ability to adapt to those styles, then you're going to really see a great increase in your team, uh, in their effectiveness, in their productivity, uh, in their ability to reach their goals. All of those things will make a huge difference because of the focus on communication. We say that communication is the oxygen of teamwork. And if you're not getting enough oxygen, you know you're in trouble. And so improving communication is, uh, is a key performance indicator for any business uh, because if we're not improving communication, we're not going to be thriving and, and uh, being successful the way we want to. In my introductory resource bundle on my website, one of the things in that bundle is the, uh, is the e-book that I wrote, A Communication Parable, which talks about identifying and leveraging each of the strengths of the different communication styles and how to adapt in the way you handle them, even in a team meeting. Um, 
that's another thing I can help you with. If you're in a business and you want to handle your team meetings more effectively, I've got a whole uh, module that I can uh, bring to you that will help you to grow that skill. Uh, episode 9 actually started to unpack some of that, effective team meetings. And we've already talked a little bit about that in the summary of Episode 8. But effective team meetings give uh, a, an infusion of oxygen, the communication that your team needs. It's almost like uh, you can climb Everest if you've got oxygen available. Um, and so if you've got a big goal ahead of you, uh, to have effective team meetings uh, with the oxygen of communication flowing freely, that will be the, the key in many cases. You need other equipment as well, of course. There's other practical details towards meeting a big, hairy, audacious goal. But having effective team meetings really is uh, premised on having effective communication. Then in episode 10, we talked about putting strengths to work, which of course is often the goal of effective team meetings. And uh, what we said as our takeaway from that one, as we looked at the different uh, ways that we can put strengths to work, we said that everyone has something vital to offer. And uh, again, that's one of the reasons why I love communication coaching is because I get to see the vital thing that each person has to offer, even if they haven't seen it themselves or those around them haven't been able to identify it or to value it. And so uh, putting strengths to work is a key part of what we do uh, with communication coaching. And uh, I enjoyed that episode very much as well. When we're putting strengths to work, we then need uh, episode 11, which is adapting to other people. It can be a challenge sometimes, can't it? When, you, when you're having to uh, work with someone or, uh, or even just to meet someone who's very different from you. I, uh, a few weeks back now, I went to a diversity workshop, which I really appreciated. It was a great event. Um, but in a diversity workshop, of course, you're going to meet people who are very different from you. Uh, in any kind of way, it may be in their lifestyle or it may be in their view, their worldview, or, or it may be just in the way that they, uh, they make connections with other people. And so I remember meeting one lady who was a very strong, uh, I would guess she's probably a mover, um, maybe shaper mover or something like that, but she just came across very strong. And uh, in, a, in a former life, before I understood communication, I'd have been threatened by that. But actually, I was able to see, gosh, this lady has so much to offer. And I really benefited from the conversation we had. I think it was over coffee. Uh, just with her being very strong, very directive, um, very um, judgment-focused uh, in order to be able to improve things. She was a, she was a justice warrior, if you like. <laughs> and so she came across very strongly. I think she may have been an attorney or something like that in, in her uh, regular life. But she came across very strongly. And that was a, a, a lesson to me that we need to uh, adapt to other people. Um, another situation that I recall from that same day was somebody else who sat at the ta same table as me at lunch but didn't participate hardly at all. And uh, again, I was able to adapt to this uh, man um, and uh, he was just keeping himself to himself. And I thought, well... Yes, this guy's probably first language contemplator. Um, and it may well be that his boss told him he had to be here for the day, but maybe he's less interested than some of the rest of us are in the material that's being shared. So I just began to ask him, you know, had he learned something from today? Or um, what ha was there anything in the presentations we heard so far that really interested him? 
And suddenly we were able to make a connection. It confirmed my suspicion uh, that he was, uh, he was keeping himself to himself because of that contemplated need for personal space. Um, but as I began to give him undivided attention, I began to gain insight that I'd missed in a session that he had seen. And uh, so again, I wasn't put off by the fact that he was very quiet and didn't seem to want to connect. I was able to make a connection with him. And I think we both benefited from that interchange. It was only a brief conversation, maybe five or ten minutes, but I think we both learned something from it. It was very helpful. So that was episode 11, Adapting to Others. Episode 12, we turned the focus back to ourselves and we talked about defining myself. Um, because until I have a clear picture of who I am and what I have to offer, I really can't offer myself effectively uh, to anybody else around me. I can't really offer myself in a way that makes the most of how I'm wired or what I have to offer. Uh, what I said as the takeaway from that was that defining myself influences my productivity by aligning my efforts with my strengths and my goals. So I put the energy that I have and the abilities that I have toward a goal that's already there, that I've identified as a goal that's my goal, not just some random other person's goal, uh, but also it's leveraging the strengths I have to offer. So the way you reach a goal will be different from the way I reach a goal. Um, my higher languages are more to do with strategy and enthusiasm and connectedness than they are with thinking deeply or checking things off. Uh, yours may be different. Uh, it may be that you're very resourceful, your producer language is high, or it may be that you love to get things finished and, and, and get, work towards the goal step by step. I tend to more chase squirrels than to do things step by step. But I have times in my life where I know I need to do things step by step. I bring up that doer language, uh, operate in that for a, for a while, whether it's a day or a, or a half a day, get things done, check them off, feel the satisfaction, then switch to another language to do something else. So uh, the way we reach our goals will be different, but if I define myself and I understand how I operate, then I can give myself fully to my work team or to my family or to my friends uh, or to whoever. And then last episode, episode 13, uh, we looked at questions and answers and uh, a number of really good questions came in from that. So I want to say thank you to you for bringing those questions to the table. And uh, we'll be back in the new year. Uh, we're going to take a short break and have season two begin early in 2024. So in the meantime, I'd love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, or go to my website, go to my Better Business Bureau uh, profile, leave me a review there if you'd prefer to do that. And uh, your questions and your suggestions are always welcome. So go to markburlinson.com, click on the contact me form and send me your ideas, send me your suggestions, send me your questions. I hope you have a great time over the holidays and I'll see you again in 2024 when we come back for season two.